0: Hello, this is Suprati from newsloundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Thursday, the 15th of April. India, which is severely affected by the second wave of the pandemic, reported over 2 lakh new coronavirus cases in the last 24 hours, a record high since the pandemic broke out in January 2020. The country now has 1 crore 40 74,564 cases. The death toll has jumped by 1,038 to over 1,70,000. This is the fifth straight day of the country seeing over 1.5 lakh new cases and the ninth straight of over 1 lakh cases. While the United States took 21 days to reach the daily count of 2 lakh daily cases from 1 lakh per day. India reached that grim milestone in just 11 days. In Maharashtra, which is the worst-hit state, restaurants have been shut and public gatherings of more than five people are banned. The state reported over 58,000 fresh coronavirus cases, taking the tally to over 35 lakh, while 278 new fatalities pushed the death count to over 58,000. Maharashtra Chief Minister Uddhav Thakre in a letter to Prime Minister Narendra Modi said that the coronavirus pandemic should be declared a natural calamity and the State Disaster Response Fund should be used to help those affected. Meanwhile, Delhi has logged more than 17,000 fresh cases of coronavirus, the highest since the pandemic reached the national capital last year. Chief Minister Arvind Kejriwal announced this afternoon that the capital will go into a weekend curfew. Essential activities, including weddings planned already, will be allowed with curfew passes. Auditoriums, malls, gyms and spas will be shut down, and cinema theatres will be allowed with a third of the capacity. Night curfew timings have been extended in Lucknow, Noida and other districts in Uttar Pradesh with over 2,000 coronavirus cases. It will now be in effect from 8pm to 7am. A total of 1701 people have tested positive for the coronavirus at Kumbh Mela in Haridwar from April 10th to April 14th PTI reported These figures include both RT PCR and rapid antigen test reports of devotees and religious leaders said Haridwar chief medical officer Shambhu Kumar Jha The mela is scheduled to continue till April 30th Globally COVID-19 has infected more than 13.80 crore people and killed over 29 lakh since the pandemic broke out in December 2019, according to Johns Hopkins University. Meanwhile, World Health Organization Director-General Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus said over 83% of the 80 crore vaccines administered in the world have gone to high-income or upper-middle-income countries while low-income countries have received just 0.2%. South Africa has joined the United States in suspending its rollout of the Johnson & Johnson's COVID-19 vaccine. As regulators said, they were reviewing data involving six reported cases of a rare and severe type of blood clot in the recipients. Indian Express reported that during a panel discussion called From Paris to Glasgow, Stepping Up Global Action on Climate Change, Union Minister of Environment, Forest and Climate Change, Prakash Javadekar, said that India will overachieve its commitment made in Paris, but not under any pressure. He stressed that underdeveloped countries have a right to develop themselves. He added, and I quote, India's per capita per year power consumption is 1,200 kilowatts. Don't Indian people or the poor people of the world require the facility which others are enjoying? My main issue is that the poor of this world have a right to grow. We will ensure the sustainable growth path. That is what is needed. End quote. He further added that the historical responsibility isn't something that can be allowed to be forgotten. He went on to divide this responsibility among nations and said that China bears 28% of the total responsibility, the USA 40%, Europe 10%, and India only 3%. He thus concluded that India is not responsible for the climate change that is happening. Making a case for access to cheaper, clean technology, he said that only if the alternative is much cheaper than coal will people do away with it. Dismissing an appeal by the National Investigation Agency, or the NIA, the Gohati High Court upheld a special NIA court order that had in October granted bail to activist Akhil Gogoi. Gogoi had been arrested in connection to his alleged role in the 2019 Citizenship Amendment Act, or CAA, violence in Assam. The court ruled that while even provocative speech may come under the ambit of the Unlawful Activities Prevention Act, or the UAPA, it is only punishable if it is done with the intention of a terrorist act aimed at disturbing the country's unity, integrity, security, and sovereignty. It said that there was no ground to hold Gogoi prima facie guilty of committing a terrorist act. While this clears Gogoi in one NIA case, the activist is still in jail under another UAPA case being investigated by the central agency. The allegations against Gugoi is that he led a crowd of about 600 people, which caused economic blockade, pelting of stones and murder of a police personnel on duty. Gugoy's advocate Shantanu Bordhakur said that the case, which was filed at the Chabua police station in Debruggarh, was later taken over by the NIA. Gugoy contested from the Sibsagar seat in the recently concluded Assam assembly elections while in jail. He had floated a new political party, Dal, late last year. As you know, News Laundry has been consistently covering the assembly elections, and we are still at it. Our latest report by Manisha and Parikshit sheds light on the anger against the media in Sitalkuchi Assembly Constituency in Bihar, where four men were killed in a firing by the Central Industrial Security Force on April 10th. The families of those killed allege that the Central Forces shot at the villagers lined up to vote at booth 126 without reason. Contrary to media reports, there was no mob that attacked the CISF. To know the details of the eyewitness accounts that supplement the people's claims that the media is showing lies, read the report titled, Kuch Bihar Killings, Central Forces Fired at Queue of Voters, Not a Mob. While you're there, you can also check out S. Hari Krishnan's report, where he analyzes Rajdeep Sardesai's election coverage and its overt, not-splaining tones. The report is titled, Crude Stereotypes and a Dish That Must Not Be Named, it's Rajdeep Sardesai in Kerala. News Laundry is an independent news platform focused on bringing our readers ground reports, interviews, podcasts and videos with the aim of being fair and factual. We are unafraid to call out journalists, government agencies and corporations alike, even if it is a prominent journalist like Rajdeep. So, if you want to support unintimidated journalism, head over to our website newslaundry.com and become a subscriber. Our lowest subscription is only 300 rupees a month. Responding to Union Home Minister Amit Shah's comments that the poor people of Bangladesh come to India as they don't have enough to eat in their own country, Bangladesh Foreign Minister A.K. Abdul Momen said that the minister's knowledge of Bangladesh is limited. He also said such remarks are unacceptable, especially when relations between Bangladesh and India are so deep. He further added, and I quote, there are many wise people in this world, some who don't want to see even after looking, they don't want to understand even after knowing about it. But if Amit Shah has said that, I would say that his knowledge about Bangladesh is limited. Nobody dies of hunger in Bangladesh. End quote. Stressing that Bangladesh is ahead of India on many social indices, Momen further mentioned that while almost 90% of the people in Bangladesh use fairly good toilets, Over 50% of the people in India do not have proper toilets. The minister said that there is a shortage of jobs for educated people in Bangladesh, but no such scarcity for the less educated. He added, and I quote, Besides, over 1 lakh people from India work in Bangladesh. We do not need to go to India. End quote. During a rally in West Bengal, Shah had said that infiltration from Bangladesh could be stopped if the BGP came to power in the state. The Delhi High Court has dismissed the bail plea of Shah Rukh Pathan, who is accused of brandishing a pistol at a head constable and firing three to four rounds at people during the protests which took place in northeast Delhi in February 2020. Justice Suresh Kumar Kate said, and I quote, The role attributed to the petitioner is not confined to participation in the mob of rioters, but of heading the large crowd, holding a pistol in his hand, and releasing open-fire shots. The video clippings and pictures played before this court have shaken the conscience of this court as to how petitioner could take law and order in his hands, end quote. The court further noted that it was hard to believe that he had no knowledge that his act may have harmed anyone at the spot. The court said, and I quote, The worthiness of the complainant's statement recorded under Section 161 CRPC and petitioners claim that he had not aimed a pistol to shoot at the complainant shall be tested at the trial. Pathan was arrested on March 3rd last year from Shamli, Uttar Pradesh. His counsel had argued before the court that he has been made a scapegoat and poster boy of the riots which are against his fundamental rights. BBC reported that the US government is set to issue a wide range of sanctions against Russia, the move would be a retaliation for suspected cyber attacks aimed at the US, including alleged interference in the 2020 presidential elections. The sanctions, expected as soon as Thursday, target more than 30 Russian entities and include the expulsion of at least 10 individuals from the US. Diplomats will be reportedly among those targeted the administration of President Joe Biden is also expected to issue an executive order barring U.S. financial institutions from purchasing ruble-dominated bonds from June. In a call with Russian President Vladimir Putin on Tuesday, Mr. Biden said that the U.S. would act firmly in defense of its national interests. Last year, cybersecurity researchers identified a hack in a piece of software called SolarWinds an intrusion that gave cybercriminals access to 18,000 government and private computer networks. U.S. intelligence officials believe that Russia was behind the attack. The hackers gained access to digital files of several U.S. government agencies, including the Treasury, Justice and State Departments. That's all the news we have for you today. Have a good day or a good night, depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow.